book of Esther. And I told you last week it was a great story. It's one of my favorite stories, and I hope you enjoyed it too. And as I was thinking this week about great stories, I said, well, why don't we just talk about another great story this week? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 50. We're going to look at verses 19 and 20, similar to what we did last week. We're just going to look at a couple of passages. And then we're going to go back in time. And we're going to work our way through the story of a young man by the name of Joseph. And how God used Joseph and all the things that Joseph went through. Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20. Now these verses will definitely seem familiar to all of you, I would guess, because I quote this passage quite frequently. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. This is one of my favorite stories. I have a short list of them, and this is on that short list, along with the book of Esther. Now when we talk about stories in the Bible, we see... We see all different kinds of stories. We see some stories that are like that story of Esther, that are long stories that cover many chapters of Scripture, and that, boy, you really kind of get tied into some of the main characters, and you really just want to see what's going to happen next. It's a real page turn. And some of the stories we see in Scripture are like that, like that in Esther, like the one we're going to see with Joseph today. It's a, a really long story. There are some stories in Scripture that are very short stories, that maybe the, the characters aren't that significant, maybe the story's not that long, the story may be very short, just a few verses, but there are some stories like that in Scripture, and even though they may be short, and maybe the characters, we don't even know their name, what goes on in the story really applies to our life. It's something we can really connect with. Even when we read those stories, we say, yeah, that, that, that's talking about something that I need to deal with, something in my life. A good example of that would be the parables that Jesus told. They were often very short. Sometimes they didn't have names of people in them. It just kind of talked about general characters. They were short and they were to the point. But the things that Jesus talked about in those parables were things that you and I, when we read them, we say, yeah, I can connect with that. Yeah, I see what he's saying there. And sometimes we see stories like that. Other times we see stories that maybe are just really short and seem insignificant in the moment. But as we read the big picture, the, big, the whole story of what Scripture has to say, some of those little stories may come to a play a part, even when at first, at first read, we may not realize that. So the, the book, uh, excuse me, the Bible is full of all kind of different stories, long, short, uh, all written in different ways, and all can be applied to our lives in different ways. But I really appreciate those stories, or really like those stories, I should say, that, that, that really kind of draw you in, that you can kind of see these main characters and how the Lord is working through things. And in some of the stories, you may not even be able to see the Lord working until you get to the end, until you get to some critical point and you say, ah, the Lord had a hand in this. And so, we're going to talk about another great story of the Bible this morning. So let's pray and we'll dig in. Father God, we come to you today and I thank you for these good words. And I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that I can preach and teach in a way that's going to help us to understand your word and to grow in you. And God, I pray that you just help our ears to be open. I pray that you help our hearts to be open, to show us things in our life maybe that we need to change if there's some wrong there. Or God, to encourage us if we're having a, a tough time. Or God, just to, to, to let us know that, that you're with us. If we're doing good by you, let us keep on doing good by you, dear Lord. Be obedient to you in all we do. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good, to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Now this is a great conclusion to a wonderful story. But what happened leading up to this point? What are these verses talking about? Well, they're talking about a young man by the name of Joseph. Now, Joseph was 17 years old when the events of this story started taking place. And this story starts in Genesis chapter 37. And it covers many chapters of Scripture, all the way through Genesis 50 here. And all in a little bit into Exodus, we see this story play out. So I would encourage you this week to go back and read the whole story and get all of the details, because it is a good one. And in Genesis 37, the story begins with Joseph, a young Joseph, 17 years old. And Joseph had 11 brothers. And Joseph was the favorite of his father, really. If you look at the scripture, it may not say those exact words, but you can tell that uh, Joseph's father favored him a little more than the others. Joseph even received this beautiful coat of many colors, the scripture tells us, a coat that his brothers didn't receive. Now, Joseph wasn't the oldest son, but he was the favorite son of his father. And one day, Joseph's brothers, there were 11 of them, and they were out tending the sheep some distance away, and Joseph was at home with his father. And Joseph's father said, son, I want you to go to your brothers. I want you to go find them, and I want you to go check on them. So off Joseph went, wearing his beautiful coat that his father had given him. And along the way, he sees a few people, and he asks them, Hey, have you seen my brothers? Do you know where they're at? And they would point him in the right direction, and there Joseph would go. And eventually, he began to go to where his brothers were at. And as he began to approach his brothers, his brothers saw him, and boy, they did not like him. His brothers hated him. And they saw Joseph coming, and they began to talk amongst themselves, and they said, We need to kill Joseph. We need to take care of that problem. That little brat. That daddy's boy, we need to take care of him. But one of his brothers spoke up and said, we can't do that. We can't kill our brother. Look, look, let's do this. Let's find a deep pit and we'll throw him over in the pit. That's what we'll do. That'll teach him a lesson. And so his brothers agreed to this plan. And so as Joseph began to approach his brothers, they grabbed a hold of him and they threw him in a pit that he wasn't able to get out of. Some time passed by and as they were there eating, here come some traders that were coming by, some Ishmaelite traders from Midian. And some of the brothers got this wonderful plan together, and they said, here's what we need to do. Let's sell our brother. Let's make a profit off of him. Let's sell him into slavery. And so they worked out a deal with these traders who were coming by, and they said, 20 pieces of silver. We'll give you 20 pieces of silver for your brother. And that sound got sounded like a good deal to Joseph's brothers. And so they sold Joseph to these slave traders. Now we don't know where Joseph's brother who spoke up for him, his name was Reuben. We don't know where Reuben was at this time, but obviously he wasn't there when this was going down because Reuben had had a plan. He said, I'll get my brothers to throw him in a pit and a little later on I'll go back and I'll get him out. When a little time has passed, I'll go rescue my brother from the pit. I'll take him home to my father and my father will be happy and everything will be well. But Reuben was unaware of what had taken place with Joseph. 
And later he went back to the pit, and to his surprise, Joseph was gone. And Reuben said, what have you done? And they had to come up with a plan. And so they took Joseph's coat of many colors, and they slaughtered a goat on the spot there, and they dipped that coat into that blood, and they returned home to their father. And they gave their father Joseph's coat covered in blood. And Joseph's father began to weep. Oh, my son Joseph. The wild animals must have attacked him. They must have killed my son. Oh, my son Joseph. And Joseph's father was heartbroken because his favorite son was gone. As time went by, Joseph was carried into the land of Egypt by these slave traders. And as they entered into Egypt, there was a man named Potiphar. Now, Potiphar was an, of, an officer of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Potiphar bought Joseph to serve in his household. Now, Joseph was a man of God. An interesting thing about Joseph is there's nothing bad said about Joseph throughout his whole story, throughout his whole life. We don't see that very often in Scripture of people. But Joseph continued to be a man who trusted the Lord, and, and Potiphar bought him to be a slave in his household, and Joseph found favor with Potiphar. Joseph was such a good guy, a godly man. He was a trustworthy guy. He was respectable, and Potiphar put him in charge of everything in his household. He was second in command only under Potiphar. And God blessed Joseph. God blessed Potiphar's household. But the story tells us that Joseph was a handsome man. He was a good-looking man. And Potiphar's wife recognized that as well. And she attempted to lure Joseph into her bedroom. But Joseph, being a man of integrity, an upright man, he said, I'm not going to do it. You're my master's wife. How can I do such a thing? And he refused all of her invitations. And one day the house was empty. And there was Potiphar's wife alone in her room. And she called for Joseph as she had before. And Joseph refused to give in to her tempting him to come into the bedroom. And she reached to grab for Joseph. And when she did, she caught his cloak. And Joseph said, I got to get out of here. And out he went. Joseph took off in such, a, in, in such a rush that as she grabbed his cloak, it pulled off of him as he left. And Joseph ran away from the house. And there was Potiphar's wife. And boy, she was angry. She was mad because of what Joseph had done. And so she said, well, I'll get him. So she kept Joseph's cloak there. And when Potiphar came home, she said, this Jewish slave that you brought in here, this Hebrew slave that you brought to us, let me tell you what he did. Of course, she was lying on Joseph. Joseph had done no wrong, but Potiphar had to do something. His wife made this claim. He couldn't let Joseph go free. And so Joseph was sent to prison. And there Joseph is in prison. And guess what happened? There's a warden who was over the prison. And Joseph was still being blessed by God. He was still a man of integrity. He was still doing good. No matter where Joseph went, God was with him. And there was blessings that came. And the warden saw Joseph. And he said, Joseph, I'm going to put you in charge of all of the prison." There was Joseph underneath the warden in charge of all of the prisoners. Just as he had been in Potiphar's house, God had been with Joseph. 
some time passed, and as Joseph was in prison, eventually there were two other prisoners who ended up in the prison. And these two other prisoners who came in were servants of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now one of these men who were brought into prison was Pharaoh's cupbearer. He was the one who held the cup of the king and made sure it had uh, juice in it or whatever the king wanted to drink, fresh squeezed grapes, whatever it was going to be. He was in charge of making sure the king had the best of the best to drink. And the other man who ended up in prison was another servant of the king. It was the king's baker. He was in charge of baking the king all the good foods that he wanted to eat. I'm sure he baked him things like loaves of bread and cookies and all the same type of things that you and I would like to eat. And they were probably delicious because they were made for the king of Egypt. Well, the king, the pharaoh of Egypt, had gotten angry with these two men and he had sent them to prison. And while they were in prison, the warden of the prison said, Joseph, I want you to watch over and take care of these two men. And as time passed by, they each had a dream. One night, both of them had a dream. And there was no one there that could interpret the dreams except for Joseph. Joseph said, I'll interpret the dream for you. Tell me what you dreamed. And the cupbearer told, uh, told Joseph his dream. He said, look, he said, I had a dream that there were three branches. And those three branches were loaded with, with grapes. They were loaded and, 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 and I squeezed them fresh into the king's cup. And Joseph said, I'll tell you what the dream means. He said, the three branches represent three days. He said, in three days you will be restored to the service of the king. And you will once again fill his cup. Well, the baker heard this interpretation and said, this is a good interpretation. Let me tell Joseph my dream. So the baker began to tell Joseph his dream. And he said, I had a dream that there were three baskets on my head. And these baskets were full of all kinds of baked goods. But birds were coming, and they were eating all the goods from these baskets. And Joseph said, in three days you will be hung from your head, and the birds will come and eat your flesh. And Joseph told the cupbearer, he said, look. He said, when you go back into the service of the king, he said, would you please remember me? Would you speak on my behalf? Would you tell the Pharaoh about me and what I've done? And the cupbearer agreed to do so. Three days' time passed, and guess what happened? The baker was killed, just as Joseph had interpreted the dream, and the cupbearer went back to the service of the king. But the cupbearer forgot to mention Joseph. He didn't remember Joseph when he went before the king. And there Joseph remained in prison. Now some time passed by, and the cupbearer is in the palace with the king, and one night, the king of Egypt has a dream. He wakes up from the dream and has another dream. And so he calls for his magicians and all the people who serve him, and none are able to interpret the dream. And Pharaoh needed someone who can interpret dreams. And it was then that the cupbearer remembered Joseph in prison. And he went to Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, there's one in prison. He knows how to interpret dreams. I was there. And there were two dreams he interpreted, and both of his interpretations came true. And Pharaoh said, send for this guy. So he sent for Joseph in prison. And it says that Joseph, boy, he cleaned himself up. He shaved himself. 
He had a fresh pair of clothes because he was fixing to go stand before the king of Egypt. He was going from the prison to the palace. And so he goes and stands before the king of Egypt. And he says, what were your dreams? The king says, look, I'll tell you my dreams because I've heard that you have the power to interpret dreams. I've heard that you have the power to interpret dreams. And Joseph spoke up and said, I don't have the power to interpret dreams. The Lord has the power. The Lord will reveal what your dreams are. Now, that's a good lesson for us to learn from Joseph. Whatever power we may have is not power in and of ourselves. Any good works or any good deeds or anything we can accomplish, we don't accomplish on our own. We accomplish because it is God working through us. And if we are as humble as Joseph, and we are always giving God the glory, then when good things do occur in our life, when God does use us, and we are obedient, and we do what God calls us to do, when people see those things, they give God the glory. Because we've already told them. We've already been telling them. Look, any good you see in me is of the Lord. Any good work that comes from me is from the Lord. And Joseph had already set the stage from the get-go. Joseph said, don't trust in me. I have no power. I'm just a servant of the Lord. The Lord will reveal these dreams to us. So Pharaoh proceeded to tell Joseph his dreams. He said, in the first dream, I dreamed that there were cows. There were seven cows. And they were healthy. They were well-fed. They were good-looking cows. But next to the seven healthy cows, there were seven very sick cows, very skinny almost about to die. Pharaoh said, and those sickly cows, they ate the seven healthy cows, but they were still sickly. And Pharaoh had awoken from that dream and went back to sleep and had yet another dream. He told Joseph the second dream. He said, I dreamed that there was a stalk of, of, of grain that was growing up, and there were seven heads of grain on the stalk, and they were beautiful. It was a beautiful, ripe, and full harvest. But next to the seven beautiful heads of grain grew Seven ugly heads of grain, scorched by the heat. And Joseph said, I'll tell you what your dreams mean. He said, the seven cows and the seven healthy heads of grain and the seven healthy cows mean that there are going to be seven blessed years here in Egypt, that harvest is going to be good, that, 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 it, that Egypt is going to be abundant in all that they had. For seven years, it's going to be great. But he said, seven skinny cows and the scorched grain represent seven years of intense famine that's going to come into the land. And Joseph said, this will surely happen. Because the Lord revealed it to you twice, this means that it will definitely take place. Joseph said, but if I may advise you, King, here's what you should do. You should find the wise man in the land. And you should let him to begin to prepare for the seven good years. And to store what comes in of the seven good years. And put him over people in the land so that they can begin to store up in the good years. So that when the famine comes, that all of the land of Egypt will be provided for. And Pharaoh said, that's a good idea. Guess who he put in charge? He said, Joseph, I want you to be that man. You have shown wisdom. 
and interpreting these dreams. And he said, Joseph, I put you as second in command in the land of Egypt. There will be nobody over you but me. And there was Joseph, a young man who not many years ago was thrown into a pit by his brothers. And now he is second in command in the greatest nation of the world at that time. And so Joseph does exactly what he had told the king needed to be done. Boy, the years were good. The first seven years were great, and Egypt was abundant, abundant in all that they had. And they stored everything away, and at the end of the seven years, severe famine came into the land. And there was only one place among all of the nations that had food to eat. And that was the land of Egypt. So all the other people from all the other lands had to come to Egypt. And they all had to stand before Joseph to get the grain that they needed to survive. Now in the land of Canaan, which was a little to the north of where Egypt was, there was a father who had 11 sons who needed grain. So this father sent ten of his sons to the land of Egypt. And they were the very brothers of Joseph. And as they entered the land of Egypt and stood before Joseph, they didn't recognize Joseph. A lot of time had passed. Joseph was 17 when they threw him into the pit. But by this point in the story, Joseph was 30 years old. Well, even older, because the seven years of, of blessing had already passed. He was 30 when he became second in command in Egypt. So many years had passed, and they didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized them. Now, the story is a beautiful story. And for time's sake, I won't tell you the rest of it, but I encourage you to go and read what happened. After a few things occurred, eventually... Joseph's brothers were aware that that was Joseph. And oh, the fear that came upon them. After all, they had mistreated Joseph. They had tossed him into a pit. They had sold him to traitors. And now here was Joseph who had the power that at the, at, at the snap of a finger, he could have had every one of them killed. Boy, he could have had vengeance. He could have had retaliation should he have chosen to do so. But Joseph didn't do that. Joseph didn't do that. When his brothers came to him and they were afraid of what he would do, he had compassion on them. He didn't hold a grudge against the evil that was committed. He had been faithful to the Lord throughout all of this and everything that Joseph had done, he had been blessed. He had went to Potiphar's house and was second in command. He had went into prison and he was second in command. He was in the palace of the king of Egypt and he was second in command. And in all of these things, God had blessed Joseph and had continued to bless Joseph. And now through Joseph, God was blessing all the other nations. Through Joseph, God was about to bless his brothers. And his brothers came to him and they were afraid. And in Genesis chapter 50, Verse 19, Joseph said, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. And in verse 20, he says, You planned evil against me, 
God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Now think about all that Joseph had been through. Tossed in the pit, sold into slavery, spent years in prison. All of these evil things that happened to him. And in all that had happened to him, he said, look, don't be afraid. Because what you plan for evil, the Lord planned for good. Now we need to be reminded of that truth, brothers and sisters in Christ. Because there are evil things that we go through in our lives. There are evil things that we experience. We see evil things in our world. And sometimes it may appear as though evil is winning. And we may even ask the question, why does God allow evil things to happen? Well, sometimes God allows evil things to happen because there is a greater good on the other side of the evil than anybody could have ever imagined. Now, if Joseph wasn't sold into slavery and didn't work his way up into the palace of the king, there would have been no grain in the land. Everyone in the land would have died, including Joseph's family. But through that evil act, God worked good. He put Joseph in just the right place at just the right time. And as a result of that, he was able to provide for all the nations and his family. And Joseph told his family, come on down. Joseph's father's name was Israel. And Joseph and his 11 brothers formed the 12 tribes of Israel. And all of that happened because God had Joseph in the right place at the right time. All of that happened because God allowed an evil act to occur so that good could come from it. So next time we are up against something in our life and we say, God, why are you allowing this to take place? Well, it may be, it just may be, that God has something so much better on the other side of the evil. We can't even imagine it. But maybe that's exactly the way God is working. Sometimes when we see evil happen, we say, things are out of control. But I can assure you, even when evil happens, God is still in control. God still knows what's going on. And he still desires to work everything for the good of his people. He did it with Joseph. And guess what? I believe he's still doing it in our world today. Now, this is a good example of what we see in many stories of scripture. If you haven't read the Bible enough, I'm going to give you a little spoiler here. I'm going to tell you something that we see time and time again throughout Scripture. That God uses people you don't expect in situations you don't expect to accomplish goals that you don't expect. We see that time and time again in Scripture. Read your Bible. How many times does it seem like God does things what we would consider the right way or the easy way? He always chooses the people that seem the least qualified for the job. He puts them into situations where it seems like there is no way that good can come. And then the good that comes is greater than anything that we could ever have imagined. God does things in an unexpected way. 
So when we talk about the Lord, we need to expect the unexpected. Because, boy, we see stuff that goes on in our life and in our world. And we say, it's, it's, it's over. There's no good that can come from this thing that's happened to me. There's no good that can come from it. But I bet if we thought back in our life long enough, I bet you most of us could probably come up with, with an example. We could say, you know what? I remember this time when I thought there was no way things could get worse. And would you believe they got better? I bet every one of us probably have a story like that we could tell. I know the Bible's got plenty of them. Of unexpected people. That God uses in unexpected situations. To get a result better than anything we ever could have expected. And that's what God did with Joseph. And I believe God can do the same thing with you and I. The greatest example of what Joseph talks about here. Is fulfilled in Jesus Christ when he says. You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Now we have an enemy, the devil, who plans lots of evil. Oh, he does lots of evil and has done lots of evil throughout God's word to try to court God's plan. And we see a lot of evil taking place throughout history and even in our world today. Well, the devil has a lot of plans for evil. But what the devil plans for evil, the Lord uses for good, for the survival of many people. Think about Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. Think about the evils that were done to him. As he was beaten and he was mocked and he was nailed to a cross and he suffered. All the evil that was done to him. But all the good that came from Jesus being us faithful servant that said, God, I'm going to give my life for all of these people, for all of the world, so that they could be forgiven. Even though some evil occurred, evil did not triumph because good overcame evil. And even though Jesus was nailed to a cross, he rose from the grave. And even though evil was planned, good occurred through Jesus Christ for the survival of Now, it may seem crazy when we look at the story of Joseph and think, boy, how could he forgive his brothers for that? If my brothers or sisters did that and I had an opportunity to get back at them, boy, I'd get back at them. But Joseph didn't do that. Instead, he invited his family to come on down to the land and said, let me provide for you. And Joseph's family was well provided for him. Jesus is just like Joseph. We don't see anything bad about Joseph in Scripture. We definitely don't see anything bad about Jesus because he was perfect. And even though we are undeserving of Jesus' love, Jesus says, do not be afraid. I've given my life for you so that you can be forgiven. Come to be with me. Be mine. Don't suffer the consequences of sin. Don't suffer death, but come to me for eternal life. Even though evil has been done in your life, come to me and let me overtake the evil in your life with good so that you may survive, so that you may have eternal life. The Bible is full of story after story how God used unexpected people, unexpected.
God, we come to you and I thank you for these words. I thank you for the story of Joseph. I thank you for Jesus Christ, dear Lord, for being the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate victory of good over evil, the ultimate survival, dear Lord. I pray that you would help us to come to Jesus, God. If there's one in this room who's never put their faith in Jesus, I pray that they would do so. I pray that you would help us to learn from the example of Joseph today, that we would be men and women of integrity, that we would listen to you and trust you in all that we do. God, just as you bless Joseph, you bless us. So help us, God, to be ready to be used by you. God, we may say, well, what could you do through us? We may seem like the least expected person you could ever use, dear Lord, but maybe we're the one that's best suited for the job. So help us to be ready, God, whatever you may call us to do. Help us to be ready for the unexpected. God, even in situations that are unexpected, even in situations where it appears that evil is, is winning, dear Lord, sometimes it takes years good to come. God, it took, it took 13 years for Joseph's situation to go from the evil he suffered to end up in good. So God, help us to be patient. God, help us to trust you and know that you're with us. Even in the midst of bad that may happen to us, God, help us to trust you and know that ultimately whatever you allow happen, to happen, dear Lord, is for our good and for the good of your kingdom. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.